What's up, Mission Church? How we doing? Good morning, good morning, good morning. If you're hanging out online or in the lobby or on the patio, welcome, welcome, welcome. If you're on the patio, I hope you're anchored down from the wind. You're going to be all right. Uh, man, we exist as a church to help people find and follow Jesus. My name is Mike Hickerson. I'm honored to be the lead pastor of Mission Church. Uh, it's a privilege in my life to be a part of this. I mean, we really just do our best to be able to point a floodlight on who God is and what he's done for our lives and say that there's hope for every single one of us. That God is who he says he is and that he sent his son Jesus into the mess to rescue and save. Uh, and that's good news for us. Because one of the things, if you're like ever, if you've been to the bathroom at Mission, maybe you've seen these on the, on the wall. But we really believe that, that, that no one is perfect. Um, and so if you walked in expecting perfection, you're going to be really disappointed. And we don't say that like in a shame way. Like, you know, we're not trying to power up and let everybody know that they're imperfect and that we are. We kind of say it in a just loving, graceful, kind way. And so this is what we're going to do. If you're new to mission, welcome. Uh, glad it's part of your weekend plans. You'll get used to this over time or you'll hate it and it's fine. Uh, but I want you to turn to the people next to you. Hopefully you've met them or know them. And if you don't know them, don't do this in a creepy way, all right? Don't make a move. This is not your move right now to make. But I want you to look at them, and I want you to say, hey, this from the bottom of my heart, I want you to know that you are not perfect, all right? Just turn to the people next to you and say that. They're going to look at you and say that. Um, again, don't enjoy it too much. Um, there's something wrong if you enjoy that too much. And we're not trying to power up on other people, and we're not trying to create shame with this. What we're trying to, and like later when you're fighting, don't create shame with it. It's just helpful to remember that when we're walking in and being the church together, when we're joining this kind of community, to realize that none of us are perfect. Without God, we are all sunk. And so that God is who he says he is, and he sent his perfect son into the mess to rescue and save and rescue imperfect people, of which we are one. And so it's good news when we remember that, that no one is perfect. But anyone is welcome. That's one of the things that we say all the time around here. No matter where you are or where you've been or what you've been through or what you think about God, Jesus, Bible, church, Christians, like you are welcome here. As I recognize who Jesus is and who he was in the New Testament and how he lived, worked, and played um, in, in, when he was living and breathing in the world, um, that he always invited people in. The people that seemed to be the outcasts or the up and out or the down and out or the left and out or the right and out were always invited in to be with Jesus, right? Right? Always. So anyone is welcome. And then change is possible. Like we don't walk in going like, well, it's just who I am. And you're just going to have to deal with it, sucker. You know, like we want to live authentic lives, but we don't want to just stay stuck in the same hurts and habits and hangups and cycles that we've been in that have got us where we are that is a life that we don't feel like God is calling us to live. Like we have been given everything we need by a loving God to live a life that he's called us to. He's not powering up and shaming us. He's moved towards us and empowered us to be able to be transformed by the renewing of our mind, by the transformation of our spirit. He's given us himself. He's given us some, his son, Jesus. He's given us his spirit. He's given us God's word. And he's given us this body of imperfect people known as the church together. We have everything we need to live the life that he's called us to. And we also, um, so as we've been thinking about it, we want to make sure that that means that there's hope for every single one of us because of those facts. That God is who he says he is and will do all that he's promised to do. And so if anyone is welcome and change is possible and there's, uh, uh, no one is perfect, that means there's hope for every single one of us. And we cling to that hope. We tether to that hope. That's our primary message uh, as mission. Um, we've been in this series, and I love that we just sang Waymaker because uh, Corey was reminding me, the worship leader Corey, who's a friend, is like, the, like we were reminding, like, that's who you are, God. We're, telling, we're just reminding ourselves sometimes. We're teaching our soul and reminding our soul, God, that's who you are. And we've been in this series talking about, well, if that's who he is, then this is us as the church. 
like not the steeple thing, but the people thing, right? Where we want to be the kind of church to remind ourselves who we are and what our role is in our world that, man, it is tangible hope we've been talking about, that we know people who have had their lives changed by Jesus, Like we have seen it, we have experienced it, we have experienced it ourselves that God really does rescue and save and bring real hope. That confident expectation that God is both willing and able to do everything that he promised to do. And then the practical help, the idea that we want to bring help, like whatever our city, whatever our neighbors, whatever our teams, whatever our friends, whatever our family's greatest needs are, we want to be the kind of people that help. We want to be the kind of people that if our city was like, I don't know if I believe everything that those mission people believe. Or if your neighbors were like, I don't know if I believe everything those mission neighbors believe. But those would be the people that I would go to to help because they will help. And then we want to be a part of life-changing ministry. Not that we, like the events that we throw, the things that we are, but we also realize that God has invited us all in as the church Wherever we are, with unique gifts and abilities and heartbeats and passions and experience, he's given us all of that and said, you are uniquely you, and I have placed you where you live, work, and play as if you were my ambassador there. And then we talked about how we want to be people that throw great parties. Man, and this church loves the party, not like that way, you're probably thinking, but we want to be the most joyful people in our worlds because we are rescued sons and daughters, and rescued sons and daughters should tell their face, and they should tell their heart, okay? And we should be about that kind of life. And then we're, today we're talking about kingdom impact, and I, I'm so excited about what we're going to talk about today as, as a church together. But when we're talking about kingdom impact, we often have to realize that there are kingdoms that impact. I know I said it slower, so it makes it more meaningful. Um, but I thought if I could just have a moment of grace, I thought it's probably time, maybe past time, to address some kingdoms that are impacting our current world, right? I mean, what's going on with... Israel and Hamas and Gaza and Palestinians, I mean, it is feisty and tragic and awful at best, right? It's complex and evil and sad and angering and the justice part of us. And there are innocent people that have lost their lives and lost lost loved ones' lives. And it will mark both sides or both, probably all sides or that whole region for generations to come. And that region has been at war for generations past. And it is complex at best. And so when things like that happen in our world, I, I only know, I typically go back because I'm not smart enough to know all the complexities. And I, I know some of the history, but I don't know all the intricacies. And so I typically go back to just how Jesus has taught us to pray. And so what I would like to do for us today is if we could just pray real quick for not just the kingdom impact that we're going to talk about later, but the kingdoms that are impacting our current situation. Would that be cool? And so the way that I think I would love to teach us to pray when, when uh, we don't quite understand everything or we have justice things or we, we don't know what to do, we feel a little bit powerless, and we, is, I would think us to teach, that we would pray the way that Jesus taught his, his followers to pray. And you maybe have said it in a locker room or you've heard it said, but it's our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, Right? But this next sentence is where I want us to pray today for what's going on. It's in verse 10 and it says this, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so when I get lost, I get confused. I have justice raising up. Somebody should do something about this. Like, what are we doing? What's going on? It's so sad. It's so like, I get overwhelmed and I don't know what to pray exactly. And I don't know all the things. I just say, God, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
So can we pray that today? Let's pray. God, there's so much that raises up in us about atrocities. God, we know that there's good over there. We know that there's evil. We know that there's innocent. We know that there's guilty. We know that there's confused. We know that there's scared. We know that those that are experiencing deep loss and grief and deep anger. But God, we desperately pray for your kingdom to come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God, we desperately pray for wisdom for ourselves to know how to navigate and help in any way that you are calling us to, to join your kingdom. God, we desperately pray for every world leader that has influence over any of these situations. And I pray that, you, that they would fall into your kingdom, that you would rescue and save anyone that's not following you in miraculous ways. And that your kingdom would come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. Well, thanks for letting me take a time to do that. I'd like to make a little bit of a transition if you can come with me because if we're going to talk about kingdom impact, there are kingdoms that impact is what we just prayed through. And then what we got to understand is that like every one of us have like a kingdom. So because a kingdom is under the range of like will. It's meaning like what I want done is done. And let me show you how I know this. Kingdoms have kings, and, um, and, and, a place, and a kingdom is a place where a king reigns. Let me make it a little more clear for us, because we may not know this, but I have a kingdom. You have a kingdom. God has a kingdom. The enemy of our soul has a kingdom. And if you haven't figured this out yet, your kids have a kingdom. And their brother or sister has a kingdom. And they're all at war most of the time. Because kingdoms exist for the king to get what he is called to do. And then when everybody has their own kingdom, this is why fights break out all over the place. So you with me? And I'm not trying to go uber spiritual yet. Just go with me. Every relational fight you probably had is a battle of the wills, most likely. Because what the king of his kingdom wills should be done. And I want this, and you want that, and you're the king of your kingdom, and I'm the king of my kingdom, and our kids are the king of their kingdom. Well, who wins in that battle of wills? The kids. The kids always win. The kids always win. But Jody and I, like, we have this, like, like we got into a, we don't fight because Jody's always right. So we didn't fight about anything. It was just the way it was working. We were having a very passionate discussion about our viewpoints. And you need to know this about me. When you take those little tests in the car, like you're like doing a personality test, like we were doing it one time driving back as a family and Jody's came up as like the advocate, like the best human ever, like Mother Teresa, like, oh my goodness, you're so amazing. And that, my girls were like, mom, that's true about you. That is so true. <laughs> And I'm like, yeah, okay, it's true, it's true. And then they're like, Dad, you do it. And so I, they gave me the quiz, and I took the little test, and mine literally came up as the devil's advocate. So, 
So like worst human ever. So it's like, that's our marriage right there. We got the best person ever, the advocate and the devil's advocate going again. So we have passionate discussions all the time. Jody's right, because she's the best person ever. But what happens with our kingdoms, because we all want our way, is we were fighting about something about, well, and she said to me, well, if we do that, you're just gonna get your way. And I looked at her and I said, well, if we do that, you're gonna get your way. So who wins? And so what I'm finding is, maybe you know this, every, the king of our world gets all the finances under, under their authority. The king of our world gets all decisions under their authority. And when two kingdoms are at odds, the innocent people always suffer. With me? All of our relational conflicts are battles of the wills that are actually battles of defending our own personal kingdoms. And then you throw into this, like, like we've been called to be a kingdom kind of people, a kingdom of God kind of people. In fact, like when you see Jesus' primary messages in the Gospels, which would be the, the biographies, the first four books of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, over almost a hundred times, his primary message was, hey, the kingdom of God is like this, or the kingdom of God is here, or the kingdom of heaven is here. He was saying like, it's time to turn, like it's time to like align ourselves with the kingdom of God and not the kingdom of self or the kingdom of the enemy. That's his primary message when you start reading it. In fact, Matthew 6.10, we've already prayed it. This isn't how he taught us to pray. Your kingdom come, God. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And what I found in my life is that I want so badly to have the kingdom of me. Or I'm, I mean, I don't say this at parties, just up in front of people right like this. But I want so badly to have the kingdom of me where I, everybody has to come and kiss the ring of the king where it's they bow down to me, where they tell me I can have anything that I want. Like I so badly in my heart, like it wants to build the kingdom of me. But the kingdom of me is diametrically opposed to the kingdom of God. And my life is best lived when my will is surrendered under God's will in his kingdom where he is king and I am not. And I don't know where you're walking in, and I don't know if this is like over the head or not, but I know that there's a way that we want life to be about us and be at the center, but God is, our life is best lived when God is at the center. Because left to our own, we will train wreck it. So we say, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then Jesus said in Acts, in Acts 1.8, he says, this is what, you're going to be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Let me tell you kind of what this is about right here. So what's going on, like for us, if we are God's will and, and God's kingdom, if we're in him, we are gonna, if we're rescued sons and daughters, we start telling people about it. You may not know all these places right here, but you do know like, let's say, you're gonna be my witnesses in Ventura area, in the Ventura County area, in California area, in national area, and to the very ends of the earth. That's what we're called to be. Because we're a part of his kingdom and his kingdom has a mission and a plan that more people would find the hope that is offered through Jesus Christ. So we join that mission. And what you need to know is look, what I'm finding out is we are a part of the most important institution in the world. For sure the most important institution in our community, the church, the kingdom of God through the local church of Jesus Christ. So I don't know what your life is like. I don't know what you're battling. I just want you to know you are invited into a, you don't have to be perfect, but you are invited in to be a rescued son or daughter of the most high God and be a part of the most important institution in the world. 
the movement of the kingdom of God in the hearts and minds of people. In fact, I was, uh, had the privilege of hanging out with, uh, I was listening to Dr. Tony Evans um, this last week. He's like, I'm, I'm, this is the best of the best preacher, amazing man of faith, church planner, like just awesome, awesome guy. And he gave this picture that I thought was so compelling and I wanted to bring it today. So I'm not taking credit for this, but does anyone know what this is besides the American flag? Does anyone know? It's all right if you don't know. This is a U.S. embassy. So you don't, we don't know what country it is because I told him to pick a country that I did. It doesn't matter what country it is. But whenever you, it doesn't matter what host country is hosting this. Whenever you walk in through the doors or onto the property of this, you are therefore in the United States of America and you have all the rights and protection that no matter what kingdom you're living in at the time, right? You walk in through those doors and you are protected by another kingdom. Track, tracking with me just for a second? You already know where I'm going. Students, if you are in a foreign country, this is just helpful information, and you get in trouble ever, get yourself to an American embassy as fast as you can. Because it doesn't matter the rules of that land. It matters when you walk through the doors, when you cross the line from one kingdom to another, different rules apply to you from that moment on. As soon as you cross the line to the embassy, no matter what country you inhabit, you are in America, and the rules and protection as an American belong to you. It's a little bit of America far from home. And that's what God's kingdom is here. Can you hold for me for a second? Because you're kind of distracting me. So I'm trying. So right. just, you're good. You're good. You're good. So, so wherever you are, whatever kingdom you're in, like when you're in God's kingdom, no matter what country you're living in, no matter what you've done with your life, no matter where you've been, no matter what your past is, no matter what you're going through, like when you cross the line into God's kingdom, different rules apply to you. Are you with me? And you know what embassies have? Wherever they are, they have ambassadors. And the ambassadors of those embassies are there to protect the message of the kingdom that they represent. And so it was powerful to me to realize that we're all a part of God's kingdom or we're a part of our kingdom or we're a part of the kingdom of the enemy. But if we align ourselves into God's kingdom, then we have different rules that apply to us and we become, this is crazy, where we live, work, and play, we become ambassadors. In fact, there's verses like that in 2 Corinthians 5.20 that are helpful for me. They say it this way. We are therefore Christ's what? Ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us. We implore, as if God was making appeal through us where we live, we implore you on Christ's behalf to be reconciled to God. I mean, that's what the kingdom is like. That we're ambassadors to a different kingdom. In fact, Jesus would say it like this. There were pictures that he used all the time. This was his, one of his primary messages. I want to tell you what God is like, and I want to tell you what his people are like. I want to tell you what living like him is like. So he would, he would say, like, the kingdom of heaven is like, or the kingdom of God is like a, a hidden treasure in a field. Like when somebody finds this open field, there's this hidden treasure. Let's say if you're a miner and you find like this hidden gold mine or whatever it may be, that may be you know, helpful for California. And all of a sudden you don't tell anybody about it. You do whatever you can do to sell your old life, your old kingdom away, and you sell all of that so you can be invested in the new, king, in, in the new kingdom. Or it's like a pearl of great price. 
Like the, this pearl merchant, kind of the same thing. It find, they know exactly what they're looking for, and they see this one that is like on the bar, bargain shelf, but is actually the most valuable pearl in the world. They sell everything that they once were. All of the stuff of their other kingdom, they will leverage it so they can invest in, and be a part of the new kingdom. Or Jesus would say the kingdom of heaven is like yeast, where like a small amount into a 60-pound you know, dough will make massive impacts. And thank you so much for sourdough. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus, for that. But like that, that small amount of yeast has massive influence and impact on dough. Or Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, like the smallest infinitesimal, smallest seed you've ever seen, but it turns out to be one of the most helpful, big, life-producing plants of all time. It's fascinating what mustard seeds would do. Or he would say the kingdom of heaven is like workers in a vineyard. It's like where the boss goes and is like driving around and sees some people that are standing out for work and he picks them up at dawn at 6 a.m. and he says, okay, I'll pay you a day's wages. And he realizes they're gonna need more help so he goes at nine and says, I'll pay you a day's wages. And he goes at noon and at three and says, I'll pay you a day's wages. And he goes at five or an hour before close and he picks all of them up and brings them back to work in the field and says, I'll pay you a day's wages. And there's a little bit of grumbling. There's like, well, that's not fair. And the boss says, you know, like, don't I have the right to do what, to do what I want with my own money or are you envious because I'm generous? And Jesus Jesus is like, the kingdom of heaven is like that. Like, where we don't fight about what God has already promised us and that he's good to somebody else as well. That's what the kingdom of heaven is like. And when a group of people, imperfect people, rescued sons and daughters, step into, uh, together in a local church and the kingdom of impact of what he could do is incredible. And so we don't do this a ton because we usually aren't trying to rah-rah us, right? But I think it's, massively impactful to understand what God has done through our little local church and how he is impacting and how the kingdom of God works. So we are a church plant, three couples, moved in 2011. We would not exist without the church that, uh, that Corey works for, Real Life Church in Valencia. So grateful for them. We launched in the, you know, the, the theater over here, the Century 16 over on Johnson's where we launched. It's been crazy what God has done. He's been so good to us. And I just think it would be crazy when we think about above and beyond kind of investment, when we think about what God has done and the impact, I just want to paint a little picture of what he's done through our little local church. So we, we love to think about like kingdom impact being like interns and residents. We always said, man, if we can invest in the next generation, next generation of leaders and pastors and, and, and church planters, like we would love to be part of that and missionaries. Like we would love to be part of that. If God, if you would let us, we would totally like want to expand your kingdom because we are under your will and under your mission. And so over the, over the life of mission, We've been able to, thrilled and privileged to be able to host like over 34 interns and residents that have either fundraised their own or been out here on their own dime to say, we're gonna invest in you and then we're gonna send you back out. So these are names like Tommy Carreras and Lauren Carreras and Bobby Spittle and Lydia Proctor and Flint Spencer and Erica Morris and Brian Beerwinkle, Maddie Manier and Evan Eves and Nick Bernard and Taylor Phillip and JC Seiler and Molly Storms. I mean, the list goes on and on and on and on and on and on. And there's, there's, I mean, we need some more in Mexico and Canada. So if you could help us out with that, I'd love some interns and residents that would come from there. We also wanna have the kingdom impact of when we invest, when we give around here, we also care about church planting together. And we care about California church plants. So in the mission family over the life of our church, we've been able to plant, plant three churches. One, Mission City in Santa Barbara, uh, Slow City in San Luis Obispo. And then we just plant, if you haven't caught up yet, we're planted Refuge Church in Ojai. But we also, from the life of beginning of mission, have been able to invest in church plant, other church plants in California. Two in the Bay Area, one in Oakland, one in San Diego, and one in LA. Because these are like embassies out there of God's kingdom. 
And it's crazy what God has done. And just the mission family of churches alone, there's over 900 people outside of this body that are attending a mission family church on a given Sunday. It's crazy what God has done. I never would have imagined it when we planted mission. And then we start thinking about it's not just California, although California needs Jesus, but also our country needs Jesus, right? And through the life of mission, this is just as long as mission's been in existence and where we've been investing dollars, is that we believe and we're sold out to the kingdom impact of what God can do through a local body and through a church. And so there are some of the heroes of faith in this journey right here, from Harlem to Chicago to Tampa to, to Denver coming to up in the Bay like we've already talked about. It's crazy. And these, these are some of the most hardest to reach cities in the world, in, in our country for sure. And there are kingdom ambassadors or embassies that we've been able to invest in together. But then it gets bigger than that. You start thinking about, oh, God is about the world too. So over the life of mission together with the Kingdom Impact, these are the, some of the international places. These are some of the hardest cities in the world. Whether at Lagos or the Mustard Seed Foundation in Japan or Paris. I mean, these are difficult cities. And there's some of these cities right here, you get in trouble or you have to be underground to be a Christ follower. These are heroes of the faith that we've gotten to invest in. It's impactful to me. And then we start thinking about global missionaries. It's like we start going down the list of like... Um, like we got Tanner Salva out here in Japan with the Mustard Seed Network. We got uh, Laura Callen, who was, uh, Tanner was one of our interns. Laura Callen was like one of our first batch of interns ever. She's led worship here. She's like on the front lines in Nepal. We, we've got like Matt and Becca Meyer, who right when we planted, they moved to Ventura as a part of InterVarsity Fellowship and then felt a call to plant and, or be missionaries in Bosnia. They're our first like global missionary couple. They're amazing. We love them. You start thinking about like where we partnered in Guatemala to help alleviate kids out of poverty through Compassion International. And then we've Kalapata, Kenya, where we've helped like a, a partner to, with World Vision to help transform a village and bring clean water and provide education. It just blows my mind all that God has done through one little local church trying to be open-handed with what you want to join your kingdom and where you're working. And it's not just about us. And we want to take what little we have and give it to you and you do what you do with it. It's compelling to me. And I wouldn't know where you are or what you've been going through, but I, I would just want to bring it back down to this, that you have no idea what God wants to do in and through your life. You may be battling right now, you're battling your own kingdom stuff, and you got rebellious heart, and you got addiction, and you got past, and you got stuff, but God is begging you to join his kingdom. He's saying, I've given you everything you need to be a son or daughter of the most high God. I've given you everything you need to be an ambassador for me where you live, work, and play. And I have called you guys, all of us, to have a kingdom impact with what he, joining what he is doing in our world. And man, I do not want you to miss it. I'm privileged and proud to be part of this church. And when we call each other to invest, when we call each other to go above and beyond, it's because we are leveraging what little we have to throw towards God and say, you're the king. It's yours anyway, if you wanted it. So we'll give you what little we have and you do what only you can do with it. I beg you to not miss that and watch what God does. Why don't you pray with me? God, you are good and you are great and you rescue and save. God, we, we love you. We need you. Thank you for not shaming us into your kingdom. Thank you for loving us into your kingdom. 
Thank you for rescuing us into your kingdom. God, we need you so much. God, give us wisdom. God, we, we just pray, 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 pray that your kingdom come, that your will be done in our hearts, not just over there, as earth that is, it is in heaven. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.